Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Christophe de Spiegeler here with me from Lugano. Uh, welcome to my podcast, Christophe. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting Yeah, and it's it's really great that also our paths have crossed thanks to a joint friend of ours, Marcus Lechto, who lives in Istanbul. And just as a short intro, Christoph de Spiegler is a humanist and a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and for the past years, he's laying the foundation for a decentralized internet, building the next generation of IT infrastructure and leveraging the power of the blockchain. He believes that respect and transparency is the basis for solid business and that doing good for the world and providing return for investors can coexist. So, Christoph, let's start with a question about um, your passion. What is that really, that thing that you're also willing to suffer for if needed or sacrifice things for if needed? <laughs> yeah, fantastic question to start with. Um, so maybe I should go back a little bit to history. When when I was a kid, I was very passionate, always have been about computers. And when the internet got a start in, in the early 1990s, I just came out of the university. And it was this beautiful thing actually being built where so many people just connected parts to make a bigger internet. And actually at that time, it was very free. People were not thinking about security. There were no firewalls. Everyone was just dumping everything on there. And it was almost like this hippie movement onto a sort of new global network and something small was becoming big very quickly. And that really got to me. That was like, wow, that is so beautiful. It's like an organism which grows by collaborating to make something bigger rather than sort of competing and try to be better than the other. And it was a beautiful start. And today, if we look at the internet, it's more important than ever, right? We wouldn't even be talking to each other if uh, it wouldn't be there. But it became something very different. It became something where most people don't dare to trust each other anymore or our data is being used or we're consuming a lot of resources from the planet to make this internet function. And my passion is to try and do something about that, not just the technical elements, but also how can we communicate and collaborate in different ways, not having to be afraid of each other, but more like the beginning of the internet. And wouldn't that be amazing if we can bring that back, that feeling at that time where we can all together build this global new network of people and ideas and dreams. I would love to see that. <laughs> so, but how many people are actually connected today, the internet? In the internet in general, in the world, um, Well, it, it's a little bit above half, they say, right? Of course, um, who knows really? But it also tells us something that a lot of people are still missing. There are three, four billion people not onto the internet. And I look at the internet as almost like reading and writing 50 years ago, right? You, If you couldn't read or write, obviously you have a handicap. And that's the same thing today on the internet. A couple of years I was in South Africa and I was next to a township and it's amazing to see and scary too, because you have hundreds of thousands of people sitting together in a couple of square kilometer. And what they told me at that time is that these people have to pay like 25 euros for a very basic internet connection. 
right? And their monthly income is maybe around 50 euros per month. So you see there is a very big imbalance, which makes that most of those families couldn't even afford the internet. And even if they had it, it was really, really terrible quality. So that's, of course, not fair, right? So what if we can do something about that so that everyone can get access to the internet, but also without being afraid about because the internet is not equal. We have very different chances than people, as an example, in such a township or refugee camp or in Africa. So we need a kind of new internet where everyone is more equal and which goes to many more people in the world, actually, so they can have an economic purpose, they can study, they can grow themselves through this new medium. Christophe, there is this one project that you have literally been preparing for and working on, uh, you could say, all your life in different ways. And it's called Threefold. Um, so how would you describe who is Threefold for and um, what is it for? Yeah, Threefold is the answer to that long dream which I'm having. Um, I am an entrepreneur since 2000, building companies, having success and doing something with them or selling them. And about 10, 12 years ago, it was like, okay, is that now my life? Just keep on creating companies and try to find a home for it. Or is there something more? Can I do something with that passion we're having about this new internet in such a way that it's not just to the benefit of my company and the investors, but more to the world? And that's where basically Threefold came from. So Threefold is really about how can we build a new internet, which sounds very fake, right? What is a new internet? Um, most people barely even know how the existing internet functions. So it's not about the cables, right? Because that's there are a lot of cables already, but the internet today is um, a little bit broken. I mean, it's delivered. And when I say the internet, I mean the compute and the storage capacity, the applications, what we use in our phone day in, day out, right? People don't know where that's coming from, but basically all of that information and this compute power comes from huge, big places. They call them data centers. And that leads to a lot of power abuse, I would say. It's in many ways, not just electricity, but also that few countries or companies in the world now have too much to say. They basically can see us as a product, right? So today, if we go on our phone, we have so many applications which we use every day. And every time we use an application, we exist. We basically are, in a way, a product of a big company somewhere. By turning the internet, in a way, upside down, where we become the center of our digital life, there are some huge benefits. One is that we would use a lot less energy. Um, literally, we, we would use up to 100 times less energy than what we do today, which is, of course, amazing. The second thing is that um, because we would all be communicating directly to each other, our digital twins, the paths would be much shorter. So we wouldn't have to travel over centralized services anymore. But if we know today that most people communicate with the people around them, so things would go much faster. There is much distance to be covered and the internet would become much faster by itself. The third thing is that we would automatically become the owner of our data because we would be the only person who owns our data and we can communicate with the companies around us who also own their data. So data ownership, sovereignty, which is becoming really important for places like Europe or any country for that matter, would resolve by design basically as part of that system. So there are many benefits. And the fourth benefit is it would also become more easy for us 
because we wouldn't have to deal with hundreds of different applications anymore. We just would be the application in a way. It still could look the same. It doesn't have to be different, but it would be much more it would be much more easy to deal with this yeah, with all these services on the internet because we would be part of it basically. We would be it. So um, when when is this um, time wise uh, going to be a reality? How far away are you? Yeah, Trifold, it's something we are working on for quite a while, right? Um, it's the result of many, many, many years of trial and error in many startups to eventually arrive in this one. Um, well, what we have to do is we have, we have quite a lot of capacity out there. And well, it doesn't mean much, but we have lots of compute and storage capacity, which can be used by anyone who wants to extend their reach on the sort of this new internet we're building. But we can't do this alone. This is not like we're trying to create a new big company, which will become the new Google or something. This is not the idea. The idea is that every one of us can become part of this and extend the reach of that project. So we can all provide some capacity to it. So some storage and compute capacity to it. And as such, this network keeps on growing and as such providing capabilities for our friends, for the people around us. And that's basically where we are right now. So it's sometimes we call this like be the internet. So rather than back to the old days, so rather than some centralized company trying to deliver us everything we need on a day-to-day -day basis and we become a product. No, we turn it around. All of us can extend this network of capacity. We can become part of it and as such, we let it grow. And that way the internet becomes back to us. So we would be the internet in a way. And that's still something, of course, we need to further work on. But all the bits and pieces are there. So we have the technology, we have the first capacity, we have amazing partners. And now we need to help from everyone who listens to this and who, who feels themselves inspired to keep, to try to extend this internet and we can grow it to the full planet. Actually, there are, there is nothing limiting or there is nothing which can slow this down. It's just a matter of getting more people on there who expand it. And the faster that goes, the faster we'll have a new internet. So is there anything like in a practical terms, like how do we, how do we do this? Uh, if I would be interested in, for, for example, how do I already now join this, uh, so to say, new internet solution instead of being where I am now? And how would I, how would I like know this in my daily life? Yeah. Well, the contributing to this, you can do in a number of ways. One is you can become what we call a farmer. Um, what is a farmer? It's not a farmer of vegetables or something like that, but it's a farmer of internet capacity. And what does that mean? It's a little bit like uh, putting a solar panel on your roof. You put a solar panel on your roof, and if you have excessive electricity, uh, if you produce more electricity than you need, you will give it to the street around you, right? That's sort of the idea of a solar panel. We do exactly the same thing. So if you would buy our solar panel, which is not a solar panel, but a box which can produce that internet capacity. You put it in your office, you put it in your city, you put it in your home. It would basically produce that capacity for the people around you. That's basically one thing you can do. That's very easy. And by doing so, basically by being a farmer, just like you would be paid for producing electricity in a solar farm, you would be paid for producing that capacity for the people around you. And that's why we call it a farmer. That's one thing. And that, that people can do today. A lot of people already did. And this way we can bring a lot of capacity everywhere. We're still for looking for many people, mainly in uh, emerging countries like in Africa or South America or whatever, because there is almost no capacity there. So there we have the earliest impact 
uh, if more people would decide to put boxes in these regions. Secondly, if you are more a private person and you like this idea of this digital twin, the fact that um, you could become your own server, your own um, digital presence on the internet, you can basically um, register for what we call a digital twin for life. Basically, you can get your own digital twin for the rest of your life and you don't have to pay anymore. And this digital for twin for life is something which everyone can do and they can even buy more of them and they can give them to friends, they can give them to family. And that way they're buying into a digital life where they are the center and then don't have to rely anymore uh, on decentralized organizations. So I would think these are the two main things people can do today. Hmm. And, and simple, you don't have to be a tech person, so to say, in order to kind of jump into this, right? No, today it's still in a way for um, some more technical people, the people who are growing the grid and putting their applications on top. But as a digital twin user, as someone who has your own digital presence, no, um, because otherwise it wouldn't work. If, if you would have to be this specialist, um, we, would, we would not um, yeah, reach it, right? So no, uh, of course, it's not like tomorrow everything will be replaced. We need some time. We start with first experiences, we call them experiences. As an example, you can manage your own files or you have your own um, ability to communicate, to chat, or um, yeah, do other aspects of your digital life. But as we go, more and more people need to develop applications on top or experiences on top, and that way it can grow. So it will go with certain steps. But by already buying into it, basically that, yeah, because you're part of it, um, you pre-purchase, if you want, your digital future, then more people can come, they can build the applications you want. And at one point in time, it should be so easy that we don't have to think about it anymore and things will become much more easy than it is today. Christophe, I'm, I'm curious, uh, if we go back to, to you, um, what transformational points have you had in your life that have you know, influenced you a lot so far? <laughs> well... About, well, what is it now, 15 years ago or something, um, I just exited from a company that's a little bit less, and um, I found myself in this interesting position where you say, okay, we can do everything we have ever dreamt about, but still, I kind of was feeling rather empty. It was like, yeah, what, 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 what will we do? Will we create another company? Will we, where will we go? And I met my current wife, Isabel, and Isabel was uh, very sick at that time. She had Lyme disease, and um, it was very tough. And it basically got us to rethink life because she was given up. We went to like all doctors everywhere and we realized that the doctors can only do as much, right? So um, the painkiller approach, basically taking, getting pills and she was getting lots of antibiotics. It wasn't helping and she was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And we ended up in a, a hospital, in a clinic in Switzerland. And in that clinic, it was a kind of special clinic. Everyone who was there was like given up by society. I mean, there were stage four cancer or other terminal sickness. And I first thought like, oh, it's probably going to be kind of tough to be there, but it wasn't. It was a very hopeful place where um, surprisingly enough, if looking back, backwards to it, more than 80% of the people who were there got better. So while they were given up by standard medical practices, still 80% of those people found the courage to fight it and get out of it. And I found an amazing amount of inspiration. What the change really was about is then rather than what I call doing a painkiller approach, take another medicine which is going to save you, it was more about finding back balance. And that's exactly what I had to do for myself, which is 
um, what is balance? How do you find back what is important to you in life? And that that is something very different. And, and we went on to a path of becoming more aware of what is going on in the world, how to get to more happiness, how to care more about the planet by itself, having more respect for everyone around. And this was a journey which kind of changed everything. And we realized that the way how we were doing business was getting outdated as well. So we had to, we were looking for other colleagues, other ways how to find investors. Um, and yeah, doing business in another way um, rather than looking for people who who basically need what you have. And that's a quote uh, from um, Simon Sinek, I believe. It's, it's much more about looking for people who believe in what you believe in and then together make change. And that's what we started doing. And from there, faster and faster and faster, more people got together. They like the idea. They're putting their shoulders behind. Um, and the project became something very different. And it was a life-changing, I should say. That's beautiful when that comes, uh, when that happens, you know, when, when everything becomes like aligned in a way, you feel like you're in a flow of meeting the right people and the right people are attracted to, to your projects and everything. It's, uh, Absolutely. Uh, it's such a joy. And also it's, everything becomes much more easy. Yeah, but getting away from the old school of thought, of that was difficult. And it was not something like, oh, next, now we see the truth and we, no, no, it was nothing that black and white. It was a journey of trial and error. And going away from being afraid, eh? that was my main still today. There are days that you say, okay, what are we doing and how are we doing it? And this, we are so much brainwashed by being scared about everything, really. Are we going to run out of cash in the company or do we know enough? Or right? Um, and getting away from that and having trust in your peers and the universe and that was, yeah, that was not such an easy journey. But the more we go into that, the easier things indeed become, right? Mm. You, you're so right that this, the biggest um, uh, hinder for anything actually in this life is, is really uh, if you get stuck with fear and anxiety. That's really the number one thing that is kind of disenabling us and, and disenabling us also from connecting to people. But talking about this kind of, let's say, long-term formulas or solutions for business, um, what do you believe in? What is the main, main factor, like the main common denominator that you believe in? It's, it's such a, an interesting time. Things go so fast these days. Um, and, and, the, and in my belief, they will go faster and faster and faster. And I see like two parts happening and one part is where people get even more scared they want more control they don't dare to trust anything anymore and i believe that these companies or people are going to have a very tough time because i believe the future is that the really other side where companies dare to trust each other and they are not scared anymore and they accept what's coming but they start doing business in another way in this world up till today i would say the majority of the effort goes into efficiency. And people believe that this is the most important thing. It's like, how can we do more with less, right? How can we do more with least amount of money or less time or anything really? But that led us into a world where, which is not sustainable anymore and not even reliable because that's why we have these crashes. Because if we look into the world, um, in the world, it's, it's an, a balance and there is a balance between efficiency and resilience. And we lost that by being so focused on efficiency. Yeah, resilience is no longer there. So things will crash and we have to build up. And we even believe that this is normal. So what we're looking for as 
a company and in our partnerships is that why not find and create a company in such a way that we're maybe just a little bit less efficient, but we bring this resilience element back. And we find this right balance between resiliency and efficiency. And in that way, rather than only competing each other, it's much more about building an organism which becomes bigger, but based on trust. I read last week, someone was writing about, oh, everything needs to become zero trust. And I was like, really? Are you kidding me? Zero trust, that sounds so poor. So now we're going to have to go in life, personal or business, that we cannot trust anything anymore because we're too scared and we're going to put like big firewalls and controlling mechanisms and more rules. And that's one side of the world that's going there. And we advocate for the other side. Is where we say, no, why can't we get started from out of a trust relationships? We decide to trust each other. And only if we break that trust, then maybe we have to deal with each other in a different way. But it's very different because if people start from zero trust, they have nothing to lose. Then they can hack, they can try to play tricks, they can lie because they're not zero anything, right? They're, they're zero no matter what. So why would they even bother trying to be nice to the people around them? Because they started from nothing. And that's what I, I hope that if there is something I believe in is that companies rather than doing the zero trust, they decide to work in a way that, yeah, they look for the planet first and they look for their partners and they look for a similar purpose. And as a consequence, they make money, but not the other way around. Mm, exactly. And and I think like one step ahead of trust is a word um, that I would say is care. So because you, you trust me if I care, if you know that I care about you, right? And vice versa. So the end of the day, it's it's like uh, becoming aware, all of us, I guess, about that we need to care more about each other and ourselves, and then we will get into this positive loop of, of uh, maximizing trust and everything else. Um, yes, I agree. Well, I think the word which comes to mind is compassion, I would say. Uh, we did an exercise with I exercise. We did a talk with a couple of our friends, and everyone had the most important word. And the one which came most was compassion, because if we would be compassionate to each other, but also to ourselves, right, not just to each other, then automatically things become so much more easy because you start from having respect for who the other person is or the other company is. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, but Christophe, if you would uh, assume that you have all kinds of doors open to you and all kinds of resources available, uh, what would you then uh, rush to innovate or, or, or change, you know, whether it's within your business, so to say, or somewhere else? Yeah, I, I strongly believe in this peer-to-peer -peer movement rather than command and control. Um, today, it's more about command and control. Uh, country, company, name it. Someone commands, something happens, you will check, monitor, and if needed, you will readjust that command. But that leads to a lot of issues to do with security, to do with abuse. So if you want a more sustainable world, we need to go to a more peer-to-peer -peer model based on trust, on compassion, on respect. And that I believe is, is super important. And yes, you can, that needs to happen on the internet. That needs to happen in the way how we communicate to each other, how we do business, how we exchange value. So it needs to come back in, in, in many ways. Many people believe that blockchain is that possibility or that possible solution, but actually blockchain is a very good first step but it's not based on peer-to-peer. -peer. It's still something which we all need to go on and it, it has a lot of issues by itself. So what would be that thing which allows us to make steps forward faster, right? 
it's almost like what can we give to the world that we go into this peer-to-peer mode faster. And yeah, in this world that is still, we need to find the project and we need to find some more financial means so we can bring this to more countries. We can create uh, what we call internet innovation centers um, basically that in a country itself, in a peer-to-peer way, people from out of there can innovate and start thinking in this peer-to-peer mode. Because to me, for myself at least, I believe that peer-to-peer thinking or participatory economy <laughs> is really what it is about. Uh, because then if even things wouldn't go as good as they did, like in the beginning of the pandemic, you are close to with the people around you. You can exchange things. You can still get what you need. So it's it's the way for the future. So that I believe would be our for everyone actually. If people realize that they can invest invest in companies who are active in that idea, the world could evolve very very quickly. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, there's a lot of leaders uh, listening. Um, so I'm thinking, is there any particular one advice that you would like to share with them? Doing less with the mind, but more with the heart. Uh, because I was a very rational, maybe still am person, always in the books, always like learning, coding. Um, education is all about ratio. And I believe that it has too much impact in the current business culture. Um, but if you are in your mind, it's in a way cold. Um, it's much harder to have that compassion we were talking about. And what I had to learn from myself, and I hope I'm now better at it, is that by getting out of the mind, I make room for feeling my heart. But then I need to get out of my mind, right? So I need to be more still. I need to take some step back and like, okay, not what do I think, not what do I believe is right, not belief, but it's what do I feel? What does my heart tell me? And if I use that as a metric or that as a, a sensor, let's say, I've noticed for myself that things became so much more easy. It's easier to say what the other person is needed for the other person. Um, it's easier to see where, where we need to go. It's also a way how not to get scared because it's often the mind who makes us scared. And by listening to that heart, at the end, it's a feeling. You can feel happiness or you can feel sadness or whatever you feel but it gives you it's an instrument for what, what what we need to do and i find that these days much more reliable than working with my mind and then having this combination between the mind and the heart uh, to me is uh, is very powerful that's a fantastic advice thank you for sharing that christoph and uh, what about you yourself let's say 10 15 years ago if you could give yourself an advice back then what would it be yeah if i go even further than that um I realized that for myself, a lot of what I did was based on guilt feelings. Um, and that sounds so, yeah, maybe over the top, but guilt feelings that maybe it's okay, I promised someone something or whatever the reason could be. And by itself, it's, it's not maybe a negative emotion, but because it's also about taking responsibility. You want to help the people around you. You want to make sure that your investors are happy or whatever the reason would be. But if you come from out of that guilt feeling, then you're missing on a lot of things because it puts you back into a negative spiral and a negative emotion. If at the other hand, you think from, no, that's not needed, just by being transparent, making sure that everyone knows what it is about, then everyone can make their own decisions and it's not needed to feel guilty. And if you do it like that, because now it almost looks like, oh, you think you did something wrong. No, it even didn't have anything to do with that. It's just the fact that you were constantly busy with 
how can I do something to comp compensate for something else? And going away from that and looking towards the future and giving yourself and other people choices, just that, uh, that I think would have made my life much more easy. I wouldn't have struggled as much in finding that balance and finding the right path forward. Because at the end, the only, the only thing which they say, it's, uh, and many people say, it, but I think it's really true, the only thing we really need is love, right? It's about daring to trust each other, daring to collaborate, not being afraid and build something bigger together. That's probably something I would do differently if I would have the chance to go back 15 or 20 years ago. <laughs> and and the, a reflection from uh, um, yesterday, uh, I mean, there are... Sometimes some one of those you know days when when you just wake up and you just feel lousy. I don't, you don't know why exactly. You can't just like pinpoint exactly, but you just feel uh, bad. Um, and uh, it took a couple of hours yesterday for me to get out of it. And I'm saying, Jesus, what a waste of time! I got out of it with some you know intentions and and uh, getting out in the nature and a little bit things like that. But what do you do when you sometimes if you get stuck or if you sometimes just feel like oh you know. Not this day. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. First, I keep on going deeper in the rabbit hole. So that's basically not what we should do, but it's sometimes really stronger than ourselves, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I think to me, what helps is I, I need to take, um, well, to me, actually two things help. One is I go to nature, which I think is, is a reality for many people. Um, sometimes barefoot, just walk on, on, on the earth or on the grass. Uh, but the other thing which really helps to me is take a nap. Uh, I really do that often, a nap, uh, 15 minutes. Uh, normally I wake up automatically because in a way that kind of resets uh, my clock, if you want. It's like, oh, you know what? Let's wake up again. Let's just restart. And often just taking a nap. But sometimes you're so much into that vicious circle that you don't even want to take a nap, right? But if I do so, then often I get back out of it. It's okay. Why was I thinking like that? And up we go. Yeah, yeah. Now it's really playing tricks on us, this mind. So as you say, we need to make sure that we are balancing out and having a strong intentions and stuff like that. It's really, really easy to get into um, the wrong loop. And then it kind of, I realize also everything that comes out of it, like words, actions, choices, all of it is on the wrong track. So yeah. you really need to kind of, as you say, reset and, and, and be make, make sure to be um, incredibly aware in order to steer it in a good direction it's it's difficult of course right it's not uh, it's not easy sometimes people ask okay what is it that um allowed you to do what you did and i think it's this being able to sleep this sounds so uh but it was so important just the fact that i have been in moments with lots of stress with my wife work whatever as a businessman that's what you of obviously everyone encounters but i think my biggest luck was always being able to sleep Didn't, didn't matter what happened, turn your mind on and say, you know what, the world will still be here when I wake up again and just go to sleep. And then the next morning you're like, or an hour later, you're like, oh, okay, let's do it again, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and what do you think that is the most uh, important thing for companies to focus on right now? Catering for a new type of customer. Um, I believe the world is changing. And it's only the beginning, in my opinion. Uh, what we're seeing now is just the beginning. Because change is needed and everyone wants it, right? And we, we shouldn't cater for what the existing clientele is, which is all about um, having more for less, basically. 
But rather than looking, okay, how can I find the customers who believe in what I believe in as a company? How can I find those? And by catering for them, because they find themselves alone too, not just the companies, you basically cater for the future. And that's no matter where, if you want the world to become a better and a, and a nicer place, uh, yeah, it starts with ourselves by, as a company, daring to take that step, uh, look for the new customers who are willing to have that kind of um, uh, vision, and then together we can build something bigger. So it's all about caring for a future where respect and love and collaboration and is the first thing and not just uh, yeah, trying to maximize profit, basically. Do you see many examples around you of companies um, that are taking more and more this approach? Actually, yes. Um, there are beautiful companies we have the honor to work with, like Solidaridad is a good example. They are the guys behind Fairtrade. Um, and they really inspired me in a big way. It's a, it's a company who uh, was trying to improve the lives of millions of farmers by certification. And they realized that that wasn't the right path. So also they changed and they're trying all kinds of things, but they do it. They do business from out of their heart. Um, and of course, this is now a very specific example, but I, I meet many entrepreneurs these days who are looking how they can change their business model. Obviously, it's not easy because they have existing investors, existing customers, existing products. But maybe by spinning something off or especially for startups, it's much more easy. But for sure, I meet lots and lots of people who want this to happen and who they're done with the current way of how things are. Um, they don't want to do the zero trust, right? So, yes, I think we, we, will, we will get there. We have to get there. And it's, it seems like more common in, you know, family owned businesses and entrepreneurial kind of environments and less so, less so in bigger uh, global companies. Although I must say there are ex great exceptions. For example, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to Bob Chapman, who is a CEO and uh, um, main owner of a company called Barry Waymiller in the US. Uh, and despite their size, they've been over the last couple of decades been working a lot with this caring leadership mo model that is just amazing. So that's an impressive example of a big size company, actually, that is, is doing what we talk about here. So just to finish off here, Christoph, the final question is, what do you think the world needs most at this time? Compassion. Daring to not be scared anymore. Um, use your heart, like we said, respect for the planet and the people. It's as simple as that, in my opinion. Uh, yes, there are scary things happening and it won't go away. But if we have trust in the future and because people are born as, as beautiful beings, it's not like everyone is here like to try and do something. So you you have the pain of that, which is just not the case. So by trusting in the good of people, despite whatever we've heard or we, we have seen, that, that I believe will change everything and even faster than we might deem possible. I totally agree. So, um, uh, just out of curiosity, Christoph, how was it to be on this uh, episode? Great. Lots of questions I had to think about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, of course, thank you for letting me talk about these things. And I hope that uh, some of the listeners find some inspiration in there or maybe even courage. And uh, exactly. yeah, thank you so much for giving me the space. Thank you, Christoph. Really, thanks for sharing and for your time. And to find out more, uh, Everybody will find links and show notes on uh, corporateunplugged.com. 
and I was also want to urge people to remember really to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Share this episode with people you know who would benefit from hearing Christophe. Um, please also rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao.